Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, all. It's Wednesday. It's We're here. Well, I'm here in Buffalo where, of course, it's snowing. Aw. You know, it's like all, – all, <laughs> It was 67 degrees here today, Mike. I was out. The sun was shining. Now it's raining. but Well, all, all, all of a sudden, like last night we got some sort of like wind warning. And uh, this morning uh, I, I wake up and there's a monstrous branch like in the middle of the street. And like this was like the the one of the first days that we could park on the street. And uh-huh. luckily, luckily I parked – in the driveway uh, and, you know, ignored the fact that you could park on the street because where I would have parked my car, there would have been this massive branch that I could just see it sticking out of the windshield. That's what happened to my car last summer. And it took me like two months to get it back. Yeah. And it would drive, drive me absolutely batty. And then I, and then I look out this afternoon after writing something and, it, and flakes are coming down. So I, I'm so done with this crap. Anyway. No, uh, the, the, trust me. This winter has been long. <laughs> Yeah, and and well, the the thing I'm worried about, Peter, is that last year it really didn't get warm here. And usually, you know, May like April, May, it starts to get yeah. springy. There's rain, obviously, but there's you have your good days, and then in the summer it gets really hot. It didn't really get hot here until after I got back from the N- from the NHL draft. So we're talking about okay, late. So that's June. late. Yeah. Yeah. Late June, early July, and that's that's yeah. crap. So anyway, um, couple pre-show things actually be joining us any moment now. Um, Russ, the problems for Mr. Analytics, Gabe Kapler continue in Philadelphia. They do. Um, you know, he did a shift yesterday that I guess didn't work out. Didn't get a double play. Uh, I would have watched that game except Comcast didn't, didn't put it on because they were showing the flyers. So they streamed it in the past. They would have shown it on like a a different channel, but they didn't do that. They streamed it instead. And a lot of people missed it. I didn't even know they were streaming it. So but Gabe Kapler uh, went on local radio today and just backed up the analytics, said if, if, if it was opening day again, he'd do the same thing with Nola again and take him out with the 68 pitches. And even yesterday he used six pitchers. He, you know, he, he basically said that the, the franchises, this is, you know, they're all in on it and there are going to be some hiccups, but they're going to be some great stretches and it's a great team. And, and you know what? He, right now he doesn't have a leg to stand on because he's one in three. The Mets are up two nothing already, and it's not looking great for him early going. No, yeah. Russ, Russ, correct, correct me, me if I'm wrong, wrong. But, but has anyone won a World Series in April? I'm just no. just right. So I mean, we're one and three here. We play 162 games. Like you should read the comments, Peter, on the side of the Facebook. This is Facebook Philadelphia. Page. If but they're going to go into opening day one and four. It doesn't look good when you have a new manager yeah, saying that you're taking a new direction. It doesn't. Peter, we're talking about Philadelphia, the city of champions now. Yeah, it's, you know, exactly. it's Villanova. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a new paradigm the here. Eagles went it, all in on analytics. Yes, and that and that's so, right. And, everyone just chill out. Talk to me in July. Okay. Well, speaking of chilling out, and then wow. we'll get we'll get to hockey here. Um, it was opening day at the Yankee Stadium yesterday. It was rainy. It's rainy today. They're playing. Uh, and everybody knows that going 0 for 4 and striking out four times is called the gold, golden sombrero. Well, I think going 0 for 5 and striking out five times is the platinum sombrero because that's what Giancarlo Stanton did. And I – okay, I've been a Yankee fan since 1976. Okay, the Yankee fans are hard on their players. They're but they have a little more of a a forgiving nature for players who are from their organization. Guys like Derek Jeter or Aaron Judge who came through the organization, they won't get on their case. But for guys who are mercenaries, and I'm I'm using that like Reggie Jackson or Dave Winfield or Alex Rodriguez or Giancarlo Stanton, they'll. You know, they will be hard on them if they don't perform. And this is a guy who hit 59 home runs last year. 
and he goes 0 for 5 with five strikeouts against Tampa Bay, one of the teams that suck the worst in the in, in baseball. And he was booed lustily at Yankee Stadium. And I have absolutely no problem with that because they expect performance. And that's that when you're playing for a team that that people expect to at least, you know, make the World Series or win the World Series, that is the standard that they set. This wasn't always the case, though. I, I, I noticed that this started like in the 90s. Uh, when the Mets traded for Mike Piazza, he got off to like maybe like a one in 15 start, something like that. And he started to get booed and he wasn't hitting home runs early on. And of course, we all know how it worked out for Mike Piazza. But but that was the first time I had seen even Met fans like just totally boo a guy right out of the gate. And like I said, I've gone to Yankee games back in the day, Met games back in the day. They didn't used to do this. This is like something where it's it's become more demanding and 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 it is again this society that wants everything right now and has no patience and stanton coming from a place that has <laughs> very few fans that had to be a big shock for him it did well well i have to I have to say and you can call them hypocrites but in the i believe it was the first in the bottom of the first inning stanton hits a two run home run and he gets a standing ovation and they love him. And they love them. That's what they expect. You give them what they want, and they'll love you. You don't give them what they want, and you're a piece of crap. That's what you splash. Like. Fans are fickle. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, actually, when when you go back and look right. at like baseball history, I never heard of a situation where like Babe Ruth got booed, and he wasn't a home hometown guy. And I'm sure he was pretty good out of the gate, but you know, there had to be games where he wasn't good. And I, I've never heard of a situation like where he was. They threw they threw glass bottles at players back in those days. No, but I mean, I'm talking about that was the good old days. That was when the good old the <laughs> yes the, the good old days when they threw racial epithets and glass bottles. Batteries, at Eric Lindros. We threw all kinds of things. That was yeah. that was when it all. Juice just first started back then. Yeah, you know that that was that was before social well, take media. A boost. Whatever that's people. Uh, no, take a boost. No, take a boost has been going since the 1800s. Come on now. <laughs> Yes, and yeah. Coca-Cola had cocaine in it back in the early 20th century. So still might. We don't know. We don't know that. The 1800s. I don't know. Does it? Get my new book, Pioneers of Baseball, out today. Is it? Covers the 1890s. You know, uh, Michael Jones. Uh, what a crazy transition. There, but, but there's mm -hmm. some there's some good old players in here if you want to check it out. Is it actually that's actually true? Congratulations. Yes. No, I just I mocked this up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, how we got there. Like, an you know, entire book just the 1800s, and then we talk. I mean, it's just yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty interesting how we got there. You know, that's all I'm saying. I just hey, thought that was segues. pretty well done. Yeah, absolutely. Segways. Wow, beautiful segues. Now, now let's seg now let's segue into how the no how the video review is going to be the bane of our existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're ready for that. We'll go there uh, a little bit. We got a lot of other things to talk about too, so we'll go there. Ready? Here we go. Hello, hockey world. It's Wednesday, April fourth. 2018. I'm Michael Agello in Windy Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I'm Peter Tessier in sort of balmy Winnipeg. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology in New Jersey. It was 67 degrees earlier. I had yeah. sandals on. It was great until the rain came. Yeah, and I'm Eklund, and uh, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. The podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world and universe. And uh, now with a clock again, because people people complain that I didn't have a clock behind me. I get the weirdest I get the weirdest emails of all. Like they loved having a clock behind me. I guess a clock, when I come to think of it, is more interesting. This is my wife said, which is really my wife ripping me, which is really nice. Which you know she does very better than anybody else. She says, "Yeah, I like you know, the old-fashioned clock that didn't work right." That was. I know. She, she said, "Well, this clock is huge. What's hard to understand is how big this clock really is." <laughs> um, but uh, you know, because it's way far back, that that's that's a good distance away from me. But um. She said, "Yeah, I guess I guess it's more interesting to watch a clock than you on on television." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that." Wow, lots that of support good. in our family. Yeah, oh. really, really supportive stuff. But uh, yeah, let's get right to it. So um, last night, I, it was it was really fun. I mean, it was a lot. I, I, I tweeted out that I was enjoying it. It was it was like that good old fashioned, you know, next week and the week after that are my favorite two weeks in the entire NHL year when you have, you know, eight playoff series going. And everything is amazing, and you just can't stop watching. You know, and you got you got to stay. Yeah, up. you got to watch a little of everything or everything. Yeah, you can't, if, if any game goes overtime, you're immediately watching that game. You know, it's just like this is this is hockey at its best, right? And last night we sort of got the feel of that as things were changing constantly. You know, and and the whole playoff picture was changing constantly. I mean, both the Flyers and the Blue Jackets fall behind 
badly um, in their games. You know, um, both four one, both fall behind four one. The Flyers come back to tie it at four. Then the Blue Jackets come back to tie their game at four. The Flyers blow it in regulation, um, and uh, the Blue Jackets go on to win in overtime. And meanwhile, you know, you have the Panthers and Predators happening. Well, the Devils go on and just the Devils take care of the Rangers, and the Devils are really are really playing well right now. And then there's no. You know, I talked to somebody about it who said the Devils are just one of the scariest teams in hockey right now that you just nobody wants to play them. And the first round matchup, someone's going to someone good is going to have to play them um, as it looks now, unless the Devils can we- weasel their way into the into the two, three spot, which is still very possible at this point. So um, but then, you know, then we get to the Panthers Predators game, which is, you know, which is, starts after the other games a little bit. So you have so everybody's sort of watching that game to see what happens. And. You know the pre- the Panthers and Luanga played out of his mind, and uh, and then you know and as it comes down to the end, the crazy controversial. I'm sure you've all seen it. You know, no goal um, with 0.5 seconds left. That you know really does affect a lot in the NHL. In the NHL, like um, it's huge. <laughs> I mean, it's huge in so many ways beyond the the general fear of now going into the playoffs with like if that's going to be the standard. Yeah, um, we have well, issues, right. So I'll show you Kiefer Sullivan. Sutherland, um, out that the NHL got it wrong. That's not good either. And hey, Carrie hey, Underwood, you know, Carrie Carrie Underwood, Underwood. Yeah, but I think she's a bit biased. So. Yeah. I like Mike Fisher's response to Carrie Underwood, which was really great, where he just says, you know, I've learned to, I've learned to know that you're always right. Yeah. Um, which is good, you know, that and that's you know, that's that's well, Mike Fisher's way of not getting fined. Well, let, 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 let's let's split it up eastern and western conference ramifications here, yeah. starting with the east. Yeah, in the east, you have you know, in the east, the this affects. The Devils, Blue Jackets, and Flyers yep. all at once, you know. And, um, and Bruins. And Bruins, a, right. And Bruins potentially, yeah. right. Right. Because because I mean right, okay, and, so, and and Lightning, because I still think and, the Lightning and, I don't think the Lightning are gonna win the division. So that's well, why so so okay, the Lightning shut out the Bruins for nothing yesterday. Right, they're, which also happens. We have to mention that. That's another right. big one. They're both tied with 110 points. Uh the Lightning have two games remaining, the Bruins have three. Two of the three games that the Bruins have are against Florida. Yeah. So Florida at this point is still going to be engaged and still, you know, yeah. obviously trying to win these games because they have a life. Whereas now Tampa, they play Buffalo, who is looking to lock up 31st place. They'll take Buffalo out. Yeah. And, and, and Carolina at <laughs> Carolina, uh, yeah. the third, the third game for Boston is Ottawa. And we know, we know that, uh, we know that Ottawa, um, you know, always gives Boston trouble, yeah. even when they stink. And remember, if it's tied, Tampa gets it. So at this point, yeah. you know, Boston has, to, I think, has to win out um, because if they don't win out, they, um, you know, that they only get they get four points. Tampa gets four points. Tampa gets it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I mean what I look at is the fact that neither one of these teams can really take the foot off the foot off the gas. They, yeah. they really have they really have to play the game eighty two, which is in some instances is a bit detrimental. But now Florida, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Bob Boudner, just put James Reimer away someplace in the corner and go with Roberto Luongo. And even if he's hobbling on one leg, yeah. oh, they play will. him because you put in Reimer and you lose a game. You should you you, you know I'm going to call into question your decision. Okay, but here's the thing. So. Getting back to the goalie interference, I read yeah, the explanation. Yeah. The problem is Arvidsson was never in the blue paint. So he was for a half second when the puck wasn't there. Right. And then he was out of it completely. His stick did touch Luongo's glove at some point. But now are you not allowed to try and jostle a puck out of the goalie's glove when it's not – well, this, this no, is clearly, not, it's clearly this, not being held, you know, and the, yeah, and the well, referee, the referee, the amazing thing about this is the referee kept the whistle yeah. from, I, I, from being blown as well. That's another thing that kind yeah. of has been forgotten about, right? So the because referee he didn't know the goalie had it or not. That's why yeah. he didn't whistle well, this, this, I, I watched the replay about, about 10 times, you know, at, repetitively on a, on a GIF on, on Twitter. And mm-hmm. it looked as if Luongo initiated contact with Arvidsson first, coming. He was at the top of the crease, and he made contact with his stick. Not like not anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would be considered interference on his part, but just sort of like the guy is fronting him, and he's putting he put out his stick first. And you know, the whole point that was made about this was Arvidsson turned around and limited Luongo's ability to to grab the puck when it was. The thing is, Luongo. There's no, there's no way that Luongo would have been able to if he hadn't been interfered to stop that puck. And yeah. I looked at that replay, and the goal that I saw counted 
uh, by Johan Larson against Toronto on March the fifth, where he spun around Frederick Anderson, yeah. and they and they did not. They 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 said that was an okay goal, and the same thing, literally the same thing happened. And I'll put the video on here. Yeah, so you can see. So I got I got yeah, yeah. I skipped it, I went to it, and you can see it's um. Yeah. And and you're going chip monkey uh, uh, act. All right, I'll fix so, that. Here's the thing. I looked at this and I saw it last night, and I was watching the Jets game, and we were in OT, and then 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 I caught up to this after, and it's sort of like this: Nashville's right, and the call on the on the call made by by the war room is right. Therefore, it's really the call by the official on the ice, which they waved off no goal. Right? They yeah. said it was no goal on the ice. No, they called it a goal on the ice. No, they called it a goal on the ice, Peter. They did. They, they called did? it a goal on the ice. Yes, I thought they called it. No, no they, they called it a goal. They, they, it. It they took goal. it off the board. Okay, yeah. so then I read something. Then obviously I read something that said there was an intent to blow the whistle or whatever and blah, blah, blah by one of the officials. I, I'm just, I'm going by what I remember because I didn't see it live last night. But yeah. then, okay, so to the point, if it was called a goal on the ice, yeah. And you could see it go. And really that's a 50, 50, that's a coin flip call by, by the war room. Let the play on the ice stand. They're right there. They see yeah. the intensity. They know what's going on. Well, I, I think what you have to go by is in, in a close situation like this is to me, it's gotta be without a shadow of a doubt to take a goal off the board. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's, that's what it means. Forgetting about what it means to everybody else and what the time is in right. the game. Take right. all that out of it. But just to take a goal off the board, to me, it would have to be so obvious. And it wasn't. Yes. Oh, no, I agree. And I think that that's, yeah. I mean, and and this, the, how I really felt, re the reason I really thought it was, it was a goal. I'm at, at today looking at all the, all the different things. You know, last night I thought it was a goal as I watched it. We all kind of thought it was a goal as we watched it. Um, at least we were texting back and forth a little bit. And uh, we all thought it was a goal as we watched it. But the, um, so this morning I heard the replay of the Florida Panthers um, announcers. Oh yeah, you know on the radio, and that's Dennis Potvin, you know, yeah. and um, uh, Steve Goldstein. Yeah, Steve Goldstein, friend of the show, friend of friend of friend of hockey buzz, really nice guy. Um, and well, happy Passover, Steve. Yes, yeah, Stephen, 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 Dennis, um, Stephen, Denny, both um, never at all questioned whether or not this was goaltender interference. As the play was happening, they were questioning whether or not you know it went in before that. Like, we gotta right. see the replay to see if it, if it went, you know, if it went in before. And that's if you don't question as it's live happening, to me, and you're the home and you're the Panthers announcers who are looking for anything because this right. is a huge situation. Right. Russ, can I can I just say one thing? I can just imagine what the play by play would with Dave Mishkin would have been. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Not all announcers are completely biased either, and. I think I actually quite enjoy Potvin when I get well, to hear Potvin's him. I really he, good. Potvin's I think good. he's really good. I mean, I was kind of bummed me out when he left the Sens because he was yeah. great doing the Sens games. He but, wasn't good I with Old Nielsen, but he was good otherwise. I just want to say, yeah, that. yeah. No, I I agree with that, Russ, for sure. But you know, <laughs> all right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So you know, not all of them are biased. They're just seeing what they see and calling it that way. But when you look at it after. There's reason to challenge and all you have to do. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's, here's the thing. And I wonder if the war rooms like this, cause we don't really know how it works, right? We have an idea, but we, no one's, I mean, the NHL, honestly, if they wanted to do a behind the scenes thing well, is put a couple cameras in there and just let the process go for transparency. Sake. Because Kevin Allen, Kevin Allen has done that. I have talked to him. He did a, he did a story on it. He's, yeah. he's been in the war room. Um, so, to look. We have to go. I mean, next time we get him on, we have to talk to him about it more. Yeah. I mean, I, that was a few years ago too. So I think things do change, but that was a. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be interesting to understand the process, but I look at the war room as kind of like a jury. You just have to flip one. You <laughs> just have to have one person doubt it. And if one person in there, if there's two guys looking at one person doubts it, yeah. you got to, you probably, they probably err on the side of caution is how yeah. I see it. But this is all you have to get out of it. And but, you know what? Sucks for Nashville. It sucked for Toronto this year a lot. Yeah. It sucked for Winnipeg a few times this year. It sucked for a lot of teams. Yeah. But, yeah. but this at the end of the day, it all averages out in a weird no, way. No, see, that's wrong. No, just, no, no, no. See, the, the, this is this is the problem. This is the problem. Wrong, but I don't think I still don't think you can look at. I don't it think better. it's. I'm not. It's not wrong, Russ. It's it's just not right. Yeah. Well, and, well but but this is this is this is the problem when you get to the postseason and emotions are high and one 
mistake can cost a team. You're 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 dealing with a playoff Hiroshima here. This <laughs> is gonna be this is gonna be 1999 okay. all over again with the Brett Hall. I mean, they still that's, talk that's about a, it in Buffalo. That's a different. That's a different problem, though. Right. What the call on the ice could be right or wrong, or the averaging out could be right or wrong, right? But that's but but the playoff Hiroshima is a different issue, and the reason it's a different issue is because the GMs had a chance to deal with this, mm. and they elected not to. They are okay with it, and well, and so it doesn't matter if 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 that's the right or wrong thing. They're prepared to take the risk. Well, I hope I'm. And I that hope is I'm, that's the nature of this game is that GMs have to take risks at time, and collectively, this is a better risk to take than the alternative, which what we don't quite know what was proposed. Well, I hope I'm mm-hmm. wrong in this in this analysis because one of the problems I have with the NFL is I get the feeling with the NFL that they that's want cool. controversy to to boost ratings and to ge- generate chatter and if we have a couple no goal goal calls that are controversial yeah. it's going to end up on ESPN so, but it's going to be a laughing stock because it was like this is not a goal or you know this is a goal the, the, it's like it's the, not the good the problem the, okay so what do you want do you want to have a Seahawks Green Bay touchdown Seahawks moment or do you want to have a Green Bay Des Bryant moment, right? Like none, they don't want it. The difference is in football is that scoring is a frequency thing. In hockey, it's not. So it has it has higher stakes. The refusal of the of the GM to 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 really worry about this from the bigger picture of trust yeah. really says to you how. A lot of them and, and owners and and then the board of governors and the league sort of looks at the fans and knows that we're kind of lemmings in a way because they've yeah. already got the hardcore ones. Well, this these aren't these issues aren't going to make me turn off my TV and say I'm done with the NHL. Right. The, and and they know it's not going to know it's not going to affect bringing other people in. Yeah. Well, right? I, like, I, they I know just, that. It, I it, just know that. Not not to say that the reaction of a particular fan base, depending on which fan base it is, is going to be is going to equate what happened to Clarence Campbell back in the fifties, where they mm-hmm. they basically tried, it was a mob trying to kill the guy in the Montreal form. But yeah. I mean, you have a chance of really alienating a particular fan base if a call is questionable and it going one way or the other in favor or not in favor of them. I mean, all I can all we can all strive for is to get the call right. And that, and the problem is, is that last night I look at that, and as somebody who's watched the game, watched the game of hockey since I was five years old, that call was not right. And that's, you know, okay, it it keeps Florida alive, it it screws Nashville out of at least a point, and it can have ramifications. It's it, it's already having ripple effects and ramifications. You know, they may not play out in the next few days, yeah. but it it changes the path of of some teams right now. Well, it changes the Flyers thinking in a lot of ways because the Flyers now, you know, the Flyers having lost last night really did put themselves into a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you also have a fact that, you know, Razik has not looked good for for a couple weeks. Yeah, um, pretty much saying Elliot without saying it, Elliot's playing tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, with it, but they didn't want to do that. I mean, you know, you don't want to play Elliot yet. Um, well, well, they already rushed back Neuverth and he did. he? Yeah, and that's the big big issue here and i think that you know if they write i mean i don't think elliot's ready 100 percent, but i think that he's going to be back in goal one for one of these How two do you want a 75 percent elliot or 100 percent morazic like that's your issue and, I, but, but, you know, but yeah, I mean, also elliot could spur on you know the team as far as confidence goes but let's not forget elliot's last playoff situation right i mean like last year in calgary you know El- elliot was run out of the building right so that was it was really a bad bad scene elliot had a horrible playoff so that to me is something that you know Neuwirth, if he's healthy who do you go with i mean there's so many different issues here but but, but right. this but the flyers idea here is they did want to give elliot i think some time in the next two games but they didn't they didn't want it to have to be at this like intensive a pressure situation if the flyers win one more game they're oh no they're not no they need three points they need three yeah, they need three points. Okay, that's, but that's, look that's, at it. Look at it from the other aspect, though. Too. Florida sweep. That's yeah. if Florida wins out. Look, right. look at the other from the other aspect, though, too. You you talked about east and west. Look over on the west side now. Yeah. Nashville all of a sudden is only three points up on the Jets. 
The Jets play Calgary tomorrow night, then Chicago yeah. Saturday. Two winnable games. They rested five guys last night who didn't play. Five guys, four guys, or five guys. Shifley, Wheeler, um, Truba, so, two other guys. Anyways, now they've got to bring these guys back in because there's a hope. And Pittsburgh and Columbus are set for a first-round series. Yeah. And Columbus plays, guess who they play? Nashville. And they play Pittsburgh as well. And they play so they like this is you know, so Nashville's not going to get off easy with Columbus because they're playing for home ice. I know you don't want to I know I, I okay. As somebody who's an observer as opposed to somebody who's uh, you know either working for a team or playing for a team, you know, you, you don't you don't look at you just whoever the opposition's in front of you, yeah. you try to win. But I'm sorry if you're in the Columbus organization right now and you're down four to one to the wing to the wing. I think it was the wings yesterday. I, I mean, you're avoiding Pittsburgh if you lose that game and you come yeah. back and you win it. And now it's Pittsburgh Columbus. I don't think that John Tortorella or Yarmo Kekalainen or that organization, if you ask them off the record. Is gonna say, oh yeah, bring on the penguins. Not a chance in hell. I think torts avoid would, them. That's torts. I honestly do. I I think he would say that, Mike. Uh, I don't think he he would never give you an off the quote quote to begin with. He's insane. He, then he would. Yeah, he is. I mean, he would basically say, I don't care. I only care about my team. That's what John Tortorella, Tortorella tells you every time. Yeah. The problem is, is and we were talking a little this just before you jumped on Russ is off air was that. If you looked at the schedule back in the summer when it was released, no one would have picked what's happening right now to be so meaningful based on the way right. the schedule is ending, right? And this is what's fascinating. So if you're Columbus, you've got two games left. Sure, you, you, you could decide you don't want to play Pittsburgh and tank and rest or whatever. Not a tank, but you know, influence your roster decision to do this or whatever. But... You're also working because you have two games left and you need to think about all the aspects of your game because there's very few teams that don't have a pedigree like Pittsburgh that can just flip a switch and say, everything's yeah. right now. Yeah. We know what it takes. Just and so think about this. I brought this up right. about two months ago that what if the Flyers have to win against the Rangers and Henrik Lundqvist on the last game of the season when they eliminated his team in 2010? I brought it up like two months ago. Now yeah. it's a possibility this game's going to mean something. It's just you get crazy with these teams when they have to know that this is coming. And yet yesterday, like Sean Couturier says, hey, this was embarrassing. Well, I mean, it, it's it, like, who do you blame? It's like yeah. they, right. their slow starts are consistent. It's almost every game. They're coming back in every game is consistent. Uh, Flyers fans blaming the wrong guy for the – game-winning goal, game-losing goal is consistent because it wasn't Latera's fault all right. by himself. It really wasn't. But all these things, all if you put all these things together, it's like, wait a minute. Don't the players realize? But again, here we are. Yeah. Well, well okay. Yeah. I mean, just to go over this quickly, in the, in the West, Nashville's at 113. They have 45 regulation or overtime wins. Winnipeg's at 110. They have one more. They have 46. So they end up tied. Winnipeg would win the tiebreaker with regulation or overtime wins. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's locked in in third place at 98 points. In the Pacific, Vegas is at 109. Uh, San Jose, 98. LA Kings, 96. Both of those teams have two games left, both of them at home. San Jose, Colorado, and Minnesota Minnesota at home. The LA Kings, Minnesota, and Dallas at home. So that, you know, for, for uh, uh, a home ice or even if those two teams play against each other, is still up in the air. The yeah. wild cards, Anaheim at twenty at 95, Colorado at 93, St. Louis at 92. St. Louis has a game in hand on Colorado. And this is I – love, I love that that it ends up like this. St. Louis plays a home and home yeah. with Chicago. Yeah, I love yeah. that because those two, those two teams despise each other yeah. with the heat of a thousand suns. And I then love Chicago's that. other game is Winnipeg. And yeah. – um, no, yeah. no. Oh, yes, yes. You're right. So you know, I mean, yeah. th that. I mean, so Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg has Chicago and Calgary, um, two like you would think easy games, but two, you know, two teams historically that have given Winnipeg problems. Um, Nashville has Washington and Columbus, so two two tough teams. 
the two teams that 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 Nashville has historically dominated. So it's it's interesting how you have these. Um, it's really kind right. of that also plays into it. And and you know, don't tell me it doesn't because last night, man, if you went if you went on if you went on the the fact that you had you know the matchups uh, last night, there were so many that played true that you know that were surprising. For example, last night it's you know the matchups had Florida winning over Nashville and. Because that that says you know I'm I'm telling you there is there's I really do believe in this I I know I, I know I'm a broken broken record but I do believe that this has that this plays into it. By the way, there was a great quote from John Tavares last night. My buddy Brian Compton from NHL.com got it. He asked yeah. John Tavares how he was dealing with social media and everything that's going on this season. He goes, "I deleted my account." <laughs> yeah, nice. Put her off the solution. So that's perfect because basically everyone in Vancouver expects them to sign there soon. <laughs> yeah, and now, now suddenly they're going to have all the space in the world. So yeah, yeah you're going to yeah. think that that's going to be. I mean, it's a virus. There's going to be a lot of Vancouver is going to be very heavily involved in these rumors this summer because of what's happened with the city. And so yeah, yeah no doubt, no that that plays into it. But I, I mean, it is that so last night's you know the Predators not getting one point or even two points last night is enormous, right? As we it's said, massive because of, because of the Winnipeg possibilities here now. A lot will come into focus after after tomorrow night. Tonight is interesting because you know, for all the you know, for as lazy on the season, tonight's games are not that vital. No, you know, which is kind of a uh, you know disappointing after yeah. watching last night's. But then you have, then of course you have a couple, and then you even go into Sunday with the makeup game with Boston and and Florida, which is could be could be an enormous. But but Carolina know. could be problematic for the Flyers at home. Like they really can be because yeah. oh yeah. If Darling is even close to being on his game, like they have a good defense and they do have some guys that do give the Flyers fits like Sebastian Ajo and Jeff Skinner. And so you do kind of wonder, you know, because like last night, here's the thing. And this is where I know people have had it with Dave Haxtell and I can't talk him out of it, even though he's put him in a position to win. But after they tie the game, right? I saw this, yeah. You, you can't let someone like Ivan Provorov pinch and keep pushing for the offense in the game, and that's what really caused the problem in that play because then once that happens, you got Barzell whizzing past him, and then there's nobody on the ice. Like People actually wrote online they thought Scott Lawton would be better to have in than Laterra because he'd catch Barzell, and I just laughed. It's like you're not yeah. catching Barzell at that point. It doesn't matter who you are on yeah. the ice. The idea is you shouldn't be pinching with a guy like Barzell on the ice when you've just tied the game. Like that's and to me that you know Provorov's not a rookie anymore, and so to me that is coaching. That's that's like yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Have you gotten a sense that Provorov is really not being coached? Like I I I I mean I really do. He does take all sense. sorts of chances. Like he he is not afraid of of at any point in any game. Um, yeah. Jumping up into play, which is great, but at the same time, you know, the, he really, I really don't get, the, I get the sense of giving him such total freedom when he's actually one of their best defensive defensemen too. And in certain situations, yeah. he needs to play that way. I mean, much freedom, I think, in that yeah, regard. Yeah, it, it, he he's made some really questionable calls. I mean, questionable decisions. You know, like yeah. last night. Last night is not the first time we've seen that. And you know, and last night I was I was again kind of impressed with Travis Sanheim, who I think has come on pretty well. Oh yeah, played oh, played, played, and played a lot more consistently. But yeah, I mean. I mean, there's a there's a scenario here where the where the where the the, the nightmare scenario of, of all right that's going on right now is is for the Washington Capitals where they could actually end up playing the Penguins in the first round and it's not and that's also possible that's the other hilarious I mean not if you're Washington but crazy scenario because yeah. you know Washington they just want to avoid Pittsburgh at all costs Pittsburgh's eliminated them like every year since you know since the 1900s um, at this point it seems like. And uh, and if Columbus Columbus beats the if Columbus beats the Penguins tonight, um, that becomes a real possible reality there. That 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 you know that Pittsburgh could fall to fourth place. And um, and and for Pittsburgh, it may not even matter. It's no, same, they really it's don't same care. Logic as Mike was saying with with Columbus dropping down, so they could play Washington first yeah. and not Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 pretty fascinating. They honestly you know, don't I was, care that, at all, and um, and Mike has lost power, um, yeah. according to tech, which is pretty. Uh, that, that, oh, wow. Welcome to our uh, all that that snow coming down. You know, YouTube but, just remind me that Aho scored a hat trick last late January, January thirty first against the Flyers last year. Okay, yeah, yeah, Ajo, yeah, he did. That's right, he did, he did. So, um, talking about the Flyers, you know, someone who doesn't see a lot of them, but yeah. when I do, you sort of wonder, and you say, you know, it, it's a team that has. It has more talent than its record suggests, in my opinion. Yep. And 
it looks to me, I know there's a lot of long knives out for Hackstall and stuff, but really what the team looks to me is that they need the next, that they need that next tier of coach to come in and help them take the next step. And Hackstall doesn't have that yet. He could get it, but it, it, it won't happen with the flyer, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that experience, that thing, that, that sort of, that pedigree that says, now I'm here, here's what I have to do next with this group. And yeah, they, they, they I, like- I always say, it's sort of like one of the guys I equate to, not that they're going to get him, but yeah. is, is Peter Laviolette has always been great at coming in after someone and saying, now yeah. I can get these guys here. Right. They, they need the next Laviolette. Well, there's no right. question that that I, I do think that there are coaches that are better for different stages. I, I think yeah. like I'm not I'm not so sure that Tortorella has like been right been the right coach for this stage that the Blue Jackets are in, for example. Like I think, but I think it's well, it, better it, than it was for Vancouver. He's gotten them there, right? Yeah, no, definitely better than they got. But you know, he, yeah. it, it, there's there's like at this point, you know, the Blue Jackets are maybe at the point where they just bring a Tortorella in, and I'm not saying that, and they have him now, which is fine. But um, Hackstall's a the interesting thing about Hackstall, I think, has been. He is questionable in a couple of things. I, I don't think he's great at goalie selecting. I think that's one of his big things. He's he's he uh, listen. To... I, I think that's an organizational thing. Let's go. I can't. Yeah, like, that no, problem. not 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 what goalies you have. But no, what I know. You play. For there there play are teams that the psychology between the pipes haunts them. Yeah, and this is one of them. The Vancouver is like that until Luongo arrived. Like the history yeah. of the franchise, other than a brief time with Kirk McLean, right? It was brutal, and then. W- look at what they did after that. Like yeah. it, it just they're they're the they're the antithesis. To, I do or I do believe Dave Haxtell would like to have one goalie in there all the time if he could. He has not that. had that luxury, unfortunately. No, he did that a lot of this year with Brian Elliott. He tried to have that. Tried situation. anyhow. Yeah. Um, but you know, but the re- and the, re- the other reality is that Haxtell is very good with young players, which is what you'd expect as a college coach. I think he's done a good job bringing Konechny and Patrick along. Like I think yeah. both of those guys have. Yeah. matured very well under yeah, him like 24 goals having a great year. yeah i mean he's a great year um connect is, is a is a force now complete a complete force he's, he's a very important player patrick is just is just rolling through the end of the now year i mean again like i say now that he's got good line mates you see yeah. the real nolan patrick which is great yeah and i think that it's okay that they didn't put him up there right away to expect that to expect that i think i think yeah. he handled they handled them pretty well like i think that in general you know if he, if he had started on the second line a little better but it's fairly well if they handled start on the second line there would have been a ton of pressure on him. So maybe this, you know, he's come, come along this way. And by putting him on the second line, it gave the Flyers three lines, which has helped the Flyers move along. Um, and because you need three lines now to win. Um, and so that, I think he's done a pretty good job with that. I, I, you know, I don't, he's a hard one to call. He's a hard, he's, it's so hard. Covering him is, is really tricky because um, tricky. he doesn't tell you anything that's going on. Like yesterday, just as an example, yeah. he played the fourth line as much as he played some of the top players on the team. Yes. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of gripe about that online, you know, Matt Reed, you know, who hasn't been here all year, Matt suddenly play- played insane minutes, suddenly playing insane minutes down the stretch too. Like when they're, you know, Matt, when they need a goal, when they need Matt to get there two weeks ago, wasn't even on the team. Right. And suddenly he's being counted on in all. And you know, it sounds like in the playoffs, he's going to be counted on in a big way. You know, um, he's, it is know, weird. It Let- is. Latera. I don't, I think I, I do think that, that's a situation where you know he's a penalty and, killer. He is. He's a penalty killer, but he's been given way more, mm-hmm. you know, way more time than than uh, Fipola. You know, they gave a lot more credit to. I think, but he's still a great player at times. But he's a third line player, which is what right. he is now. And you know, but they tried to start him at the second line. So there, there've been there've been some issues. I think that what we don't know is how well he motivates. I mean, he makes this big decision with Couturier, which you know he gets some credit for uh, moving because mo- moving Drew to the wing was a big deal. Yes. That you know, but I think we we all talked about it in the summer. It's not like you had to be a genius to do it. So I can't give him full credit for that. What I can give him, what I could say is that I get the feeling in the room that Giroux handles a lot of this. Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's only it only happened because Giroux was Giroux and I was it was okay with it happening and wanted Couturier to do better. But I also think Um, he also handles a lot of the hackstall errors, is what I'm also getting. Yeah, I get that too. Um Giroux and Couturier are very tight. You know, that's another thing that you have to remember. Yeah. So he really wanted Couturier to succeed. Yeah. Um, but no, but you're right with the, I think, and I, and you know, Claude has done a good job at, at, at handling, at, at becoming a captain. Like he, he was a yeah. captain too soon, but now he's a good captain. So he's worked his way into it really well. And I do think he, he does handle a lot of these situations. I don't get the feeling that Hackstall is a big pregame speech guy. We've seen a little <laughs> bit of, you know, yeah. Stuff yeah. before like outdoor games and stuff and 
And I'm not sure when he comes in in between periods that he's offering a tremendous amount. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that doesn't, you know, I mean, there, there I are, he does a lot of it in practice and he does a lot of it on the bench. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of it on the bench, although, you know, his, his yeah. on the bench is going to be. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be a, a tough team to call in the playoffs as to what they're going to yeah. do and how they're going to go. They have the talent, like you said. I mean, they have some talent. They have some yeah. really good young players. I, I mean, you know, there's teams you probably choose to 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 not play over Philly, but it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck out an upset win over someone either. Like no, and I think it, that it all depends. On, but they well, have to get in to do it, Peter. That's yeah. the I think I think they're going to get in. I don't I think they're going to get in. They are, but now there's question again. Yeah. They have, yeah, how they how they handle that question, how Hackstall handles it, yeah. is going to be the big thing. And and I mean, this is the point that you know it's one thing leading kids; it's another when you're leading adults and some of the pedigree within that locker room. And he's got to settle these guys down, particularly the goaltenders, and just say, "Here's the task at hand. Yeah, right. Yeah. This well, is what, what we've got to do. This is what I need you to do." Yeah. And that's all you're going to do. And, and you've got to say it in, in, in that sort of forceful yet leadership style that makes people, okay, He's he knows it. He's got it under control. Yeah. And that, that's what he's got to deliver. What I've got this under control. the game off shaky, right? Let's say he yeah. starts off shaky and gets pulled after two goals. Like that's yeah. something where if that happens against a team like Carolina who's got nothing to lose, you know, there's going to be a time when the Flyers can't come back in a game. Yeah. They've been awfully resilient, but there's going to be times when they just don't and don't come back to tie a score in a game. And that's the risk here now. They've now put themselves in a position where a team like Carolina with nothing to lose yeah. and the Rangers with nothing to lose can hurt their season where they could have wrapped this thing up two, three games ago. I think the difference between – and the reason I have a little more confidence with this Flyers team than I have like the last two Hackstall Flyers teams is the last two Hackstall Flyers teams, they were both in these playoff hunts towards the end. One year they made it, one year they didn't, you know? And um, I'm sounding Jack, weird again. Jack, right. you're going chip. Uh, hold on. Yep, you're going chip monkey. Mike, that looks like a Honda Civic. So here, is it better? <laughs> okay, so am I okay now? No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's yeah. You're okay now, and this okay. is not my. This is not my uh, my apartment, uh, Peter. And <laughs> we had, we we had a massive power outage in the Greater Buffalo area with branches flying around, and I'm sitting in a driveway with my my nice. brand new Honda HRV. Nice, nice. <sighs> All right, Goodness. so um, drive south. <laughs> my, my difference yeah. before moving on from the fires is this: is is I really feel like. The last two teams, the one that made the playoffs barely, the one that didn't make the playoffs, um, have not shown the resilience that this year's team has shown. And la last night being a perfect example of them falling down four one, um, that the fact that they came back in that game and made you know, and there have been other games like that where they've been they've fallen behind and they've come back. Um, and that I think will I think will give them the motivation to it seems to be that and this is this again goes back to the coaches, the coach motivating more, they self motivated, but when they are motivated, when they fall behind and they pick it up. They do tend to play really well. Um, and I, I, I would expect, even though Carolina has given them fits, I would expect that they want nothing to do with the Rangers on that final day, like you said, Russ. And I would, ex I would really expect them to come out and, and you know, put together a big win against Carolina. And then I don't think Florida is going to win all three games. So I, I mean, mean, we don't think that, but we, we don't, don't think it could, could happen. But you know, Boston also wants to finish. You know, they want to finish in the top, and they're in a battle with they're in a battle with Tampa right now. So that's if they weren't in a battle with Tampa, like Boston wrapped it up. It might be a little bit different, um, and I don't know. Like you said before, Mike, if it's you know they're they're in a battle now to save their lives. I I've talked to players before, and a lot of them say they'd rather be in a battle to save their lives at the end of the season than 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 play two or than play like a week of games that don't matter because that's really just. And that that may be the case, but the, what I, what I I do know is that Bob Bugner and I'm, I I may be going on going on and on about this, but Saturday in watching the Florida Boston game at TD Gardens, James Reimer cost them the game with some pretty yeah. bad goaltending they yeah. you've got three gate you got three games left i know that luongo's had some injury problems i know that he's 38 years old but you saw what he did last you keep you play him all three you play him into the ground you do not let james reimer um uh, factor into the decision season or whether you make the playoffs or not you go with your number one and you keep going with them Oh yeah, I don't think there's any question. And you know, okay, and so talking about that, going with your number one and keep going with them. So Keith and Cade wins another game last night for the Devils. 
What do we think the chances of him starting game one in the playoffs are for the Devils if they make it, if he keeps oh. winning? None. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah. He's, I think he's their starter. Yeah, he's hundred percent that he starts game one. I think there's no question he's their starter. It, yeah. it, so, what, so what, what does what does Washington do? Grubauer or Holtby? Yeah, but Grubauer's yeah. not been as hot as as yeah. Kincaid. I just it's just a curious question. So I think Holtby will get the start. Yeah, the Devils are the ones I, with a little bit of a quandary. I, I think the Devils. Trots, Barry Trots. I, I think I think Hope, I think I think Grubauer starts. I think the Devils will do what Ottawa did a few years ago with the Hamburglar. They'll yep. start him game one. If he wins, he earns another start. If he loses, then you go to Corey Schneider. That's right. what I think they'll do. Now, yeah. If you're the Devils, you've got absolutely nothing to lose. You're coming in you know, in a season you weren't supposed to yeah. make the playoffs. And but they'll take criticism if Schneider doesn't start the playoffs. They will. Yeah, but the you, well, no, you the, but the way Kincaid has played, you can't really criticize him. I mean, I don't think the fans, I don't think Devils fans want anything. I think Devils fans want Kincaid. I think if you ask them, I think that's who they want. I don't. But the interesting thing with Washington, want that. you're right. Yeah. The the interesting thing with Washington though is you, you're you're developing a potential problem going forward if you start Holtby and Holtby doesn't play well, and you pull him and you put Grubauer in, then all of a sudden, I know that Holtby has had, a, had great years over the last few years, but they've got three goalies in the system now with Samsonov coming over, and Grubauer is relatively cheap. I mean, is this is this the start of Holtby maybe you know, on the way out in Washington if they decide oh, to yeah. go to Grubauer? Yeah, there's yeah no I think there. it is. There is, there is. But I still – I probably give Holtby the first two games no matter what. If I go I'm down – totally with you, Russ. I'll think about it. Yeah. And they I might. And they the might. first game for sure. Um, I, I think I think if you start Grubauer and he doesn't perform and you go to Holtby and he doesn't perform, you've got – do you go back to Grubauer? Yeah, I know you're or right. you've already messed with Holtby's head. You let Holtby die. You, you, Holtby's your sacrificial lamb. Like, he's mm -hmm. the Judas go. You let him go out. If he can't get it done, it makes sense. But if you put Grubauer in, you're sending a whole bunch of weird messages. And, right. And I don't think you want to do that until you have to do it. And they're not in a have to do point. Oh, right boy, now. it depends who they play, man. It, it depends to me. It's, it, so it depends who they play because if they are, if they go up against Pittsburgh, all right, if they, if, if they go up against Pittsburgh right away, I don't think there's any way you can start Hopi in that series because the fact of the matter is, I mean, that there's just so much history where Hopi has not come through for them against the Penguins. Um, now, if they, if they, they're probably not, and chances are they're not going to face Pittsburgh in the first round, but it, it's possible. And if they do, otherwise, I'm okay with it because otherwise, you can, you know, they've they've been fine in the playoffs against anybody but Pittsburgh. So Hopi's been good in the playoffs, but well, man, I, I've man. got a, I've got another goaltending scenario here, and right now it's it's because of injury. Uh, that Ryan Miller will be the number one for Anaheim going into the playoffs. We don't know all the yeah. extent of Gibson, extent of Gibson's like injury. Question, okay, well, okay. Say for example, Ryan Miller starts for Anaheim. You know, Anaheim plays Vegas in the first round. Anaheim beats Vegas. They're in the second round, and all of a sudden, Gibson is a hundred percent. Does Randy Carlisle go away from Ryan Miller and go back to Gibson? I only see that happening as if you know they're down, say, two games to nothing or three games to one, and they need a, some sort of momentum changer. I, I think Ryan Miller is their goaltender until you know he falters. But I don't know. I mean, Gibson mm -hmm. uh, to me is their goalie of the is their goalie of the present and the future. And Miller was only acquired to be the backup. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't the, know. It depends on the injury. Well, don't you know? And, and was interesting last night. San Jose's loss last night was also kind of yeah. under the radar. I mean, that yeah. that was that was you know because that you know they're in the playoffs, but they are in a battle. I mean, they do not want to lose home ice advantage to the Ducks or the Kings, you know, which they and they now potentially could. Um, I don't think, I don't think they will. But. It's a perception thing. Grubauer is yeah. five and one lately. Hopi's four and one lately. It's not like Hopi's playing badly. No. Yeah, no. that's 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 the thing, and I don't understand about that. I Wait, just so think me, there's let's, so let's, much baggage between the Penguins. I, that, that's the only thing. Like, it doesn't but, matter, but he's still your number one. I think in that case, you can't go with Grubauer against the Penguins because they light yeah. him up. Boy, that would look bad. Jump, oh, 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 go ahead. Go ahead I was here. just going to say, just for fun, let's jump forward a little bit, and this is a little off-tangent, but the off-season comes. If you're Calgary, and say, say Holtby goes in, he doesn't yeah. do great, and and Grubauer comes in, saves the day, and it's looking like the shift is the switch is happening. If you're mm -hmm. Calgary, would you trade Mike Smith to get Holby? Yeah, well, I, I mean, 
I don't think I don't think Washington would do that. I think I well, mean they, they, this they is the weird thing. Washington Washington is <laughs> positioned. Did I lose you guys? No, you're there. No, you're there. Okay, yeah. Washington Washington is positioned right now where you know they they have a, a commodity whether they trade want to trade Polpy or trade Grubauer. You know, and there's enough teams out there. How many teams are out there right now that need a number one goaltender would think that Grubauer... Remember, we thought Grubauer was going to go to Vegas in expansion, and he didn't. Yeah. You know, there are, there are teams out there right now. You know, I mean, Chicago with Crawford's injury history. Uh, Calgary with Smith with one game or one year remaining on his contract. I mean, there are a number of teams that need a number one goaltender, and a guy like Grubauer or a guy like Holpe would look for the Islanders with Philadelphia. How many, how many teams out there need that definitive number one goaltender? Yeah. No, I mean, There's I think that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, but why would you trade Grubauer when you could trade Holpe? If you can trade Holpe, I mean, it, I, think you can. Can. I think, I yeah, think you can, I think you can, I think you, I think you can trade only got two years left after this year at 6.1. Yeah, yeah no, he's, very, he's, he's a moderately priced number one goalie. Who yeah. just might be at the end of his run in Washington? Well, yeah. I it's, think it's, there's it's there's options. You, right. It's whether you buy into whether Grubauer is truly up to the task of being a number one. If Washington is sold on that, then sure you can trade Holpe, and I think you can get a lot for a guy who's got cost certainty for a couple more years. But you know, if Washington secretly says, well. You know, Grubauer's playing above his head, and and he's right. good, but we don't think he's a number one. Then they trade Grubauer, like like Chicago traded Scott Darling. But is Barry Trotz going to put his future in Philip Grubauer's hands? If I'm him, I can't do it. Right? Well, not not right now. He isn't. <laughs> but let's see what happens this off season. And no, it might, not, not, even, it might not even be. It might not even be Trotz's call. But I'm saying, but he may not be there for the offseason. So that's the that's the yeah. thing. Is if you're trots, and maybe you think in the back of your mind, I've got to really advance here in the playoffs or my job's in trouble, are you really going to go with Grubauer to start? No way. No, no way. I, I, I totally agree with you, Ross. I'm 100% on board with that. I just I, – all the things – and actually you've talked about it too and you hear it from others. There's things shaping up in the offseason yeah. to be pretty active. Oh, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's all, you know, and we all know that no one, Gary Bettman wants the media networks talking about the playoffs during the playoffs, but a lot of the so-called insiders and everyone, they've been dropping little hints that things are happening oh, yeah. and there's talks and stuff and you're hearing it more than anyone. And this is the stuff that, you know, I, I think there's some change. There's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity for change here this year that we probably haven't seen. Um, in a year without like an expansion draft year, like last year, mm -hmm. I, it just, there seems to be too many variables happening with different teams that don't have a lot of opportunities other than making some hockey deals to get out of their problems. And here's the other thing about that. And I've already mentioned, I mentioned yesterday on the show that I'm going to be focusing and uh, telling the readers that I'm, and I'm going to be telling some of the hockey buzz writers too, that if you're not, if you're not, if your team's not in the playoffs, we need to shift right away to the off season because that's how interesting it is. Um, and sure. it's going to be going on. Um, and I'm going to be shifting very much to the offseason right away. Uh, I'm going to put the rumor rumor chart on out on Sunday night um, already for the teams that are – they won't have the rumors for the teams that are still playing, but I'll have players on there that aren't playing. And, um, yeah, it's definitely – I mean, there's so much ha – there's so much happening, and there's so much and, – and there's another reason for this is, remember, last last year we had a, a lot of craziness because of, because of the expansion draft. Mm -hmm. um, next year we could potentially have that, uh, depending on – you know, so – this summer, you don't have the expansion draft really threw everything into a little bit of a tizzy. It was but, interesting, but it was tough. But, but, it was tough for teams to make plans. Now they can make plans this summer. Right, and, and I was, I was going to say that you know, you're know you going to have teams a year out from a potential expansion draft with players that have no move clauses that they might have to protect. Maybe they are proactive and they move those guys because they know that they're not going to – or know that they don't want to protect them yeah. with another expansion draft coming along. Well, they, so and they I, that's that – Rubauer and Hopi, that's an expansion draft problem right there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. You know, it really is. It's very much a potential expansion draft. Sam Sonoff would be exempt, but, right, but group, they would they would potentially lose Grubauer. And 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 like we said yesterday, I, I have a feeling that Monday and Tuesday 
with the you know before yeah. the playoffs get started, you're going to have. I, I, it'll be interesting how many coaches, but I have a feeling it's going to be between five or six coaches that get let go. I'm trying to think of who, who do you see. It could be a mix. Yeah. Yes. Who do you see? Because no coach has been fired yet this season. Oh. I know. It's amazing. Um, Which is incredible. Right. I mean, Vigneault is a coin flip. I mean, Garth yeah. Snow is a coin flip. I think Doug Waite will leave, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quenville. Quenville. Quenville's probably gone. Yeah. No, I doubt that. I don't know. I don't no, know. I think he's gone. Man, there's a guy. Like, I mean, he's yeah, on the market. Yeah, yeah, Watch. Right. I mean, wow. Guy, yeah. Guy, Guy, Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher may be gone in Ottawa, yeah. and, and to the to the point of Quenville, uh, you know, if they if they fire Todd McClellan in Edmonton, why do I think that Quenville going and, and coaching Connor McDavid is a match made in heaven? I mean, Bill Peters could be in trouble. He yeah. could be gone. Yep. I don't think Peters, but I do think McClellan. I do. I I, I think Peters. Well, I, I it, Peters will depend on who they bring in as GM, right? That'll that'll be a big. But they're not going to bring in a GM in time, so it's going to be up to yeah. the owner. The yeah. owner can fire him. He could fire him, but yeah, I don't. I think he likes him, from what I've heard. I, I, it's a tough one. That's a tough but, call there. What What happens with Hitchcock? Yeah, yeah he's year to year, so he you won't find yeah. out from Hitchcock until like you know weeks or months. No, later. I, I, exactly. So I, I I was about to ask, is Hitchcock year to year? I should just ask yeah, that. He is year to year. Yeah. I, I think I think it was I think it was a two year deal, but I mean you could you could use the excuse in Dallas that I mean they were in a playoff spot until Ben Bishop went down. Yeah. So yeah. you could really use the Probably excuse that, back. right? I think he would be coming back, and you, you know, there are potential changes there. I think Jason Spezza is probably gone. Uh, you know, they'll probably either buy him out or try to trade him someplace because he doesn't work with with Hitchcock. Uh, they they get they get relief off of the Kerry Lettinen deal expiring. They may get Nakushkin back from the KHL, so there'll be some improvements yeah. there. But they may have to they you know they may have to shore up some yeah. some spots, and they also have to get Tyler Sagan signed before next year, right? Because no, he's a UFA in 2019. I mean, has Taka done enough to save his job? That's the other thing. Taka saved his job. Yeah. Think so? I think so. Yeah, like they're gonna yeah. they're gonna get some cap space. Like you know they're losing Hamhuis, who's you know three point seven five. You know you've got um, Mathot. I think Mathot's a free agent. Is he? I think he's he's either no, he's one not more after or... next year. I'm is looking it... at it right oh, now. After next year, okay. Okay. And you and Lettinen. So you know they're going to get about ten million, a little over ten million in cap space. Like you know, see what else could happen. Yeah. The other two and, guys, um, Glasgow yeah. could be fired, and Gullitson could be fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think Gullitson's a guarantee because they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, fire for a living after they sign him to an extension. Um, I you know is is it a possibility? And you know Minnesota could have a complete changeover. You know Fletcher out of there. Yeah. Um, well, they yeah, if there's a. Playoffs, so I think they're we won't know until the end for them. If the Washington goes, if Washington goes down in the first is, round, if Washington goes down the first round. What's happening? Yeah, tr yeah. no, I think Trotz's contract is up, and the, the the speculation out there is they want they may go with Todd Reardon, who's been a hot right. commodity in terms of a head coach. So there's another Trotz guy. So it could be more than six. So yeah. I mean, imagine yeah, if could, Trotz it, and Quenville are on the market. That could be very yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. and, that, and then you know. And then, I mean, I'll throw out the Flyers in this situation too. If Trotz oh, and Quenville yeah. are on the market, that changes. That could change things with the Flyers. If, I the, think Flyers, if the Flyers Quindle go down in the first ideal. round too, you know, I mean, I really ideal for the Flyers. And, yeah. and I, 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 I heard, I heard the name. I heard this name mentioned uh, in terms of being ready and available for a new coaching position. And I, not that I laugh because he's won Stanley Cup, so you can't laugh. But Daryl Sutter is ready yeah. to come back. <laughs> And it'll be so interesting. To deadline panel. He was such a big part of the trade deadline panel at TSN. I can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> and it'll be it'll it'll be really interesting. I mean, how about Daryl Sutter in New York, Russ? <laughs> oh my God! No, he he would. I mean, he wants to coach in Calgary. If he gets a chance to coach in Calgary, that that would happen. I think they won't. They won't hire Sutter. They won't. They no. won't do it. Ken King kind of made his bed a little bit in, in that mess when he yeah. said back in the you know in the in the aughts, Daryl Sutter has a contract for life with his organization because he picked them up, put them on his back, he got out from behind the bench, and then yeah. things went wrong, and King couldn't manage it and had to do the tough thing after he'd said this guy's yeah. our savior. Yeah, um, and 
can you imagine uh, like you, you you know the personalities of burke and sutter in tandem <laughs> oh uh, you know what it, it's, but you got burke loves chaos he would love that i mean that, that he would he would be but fine with it he would be absolutely fine with fine. it yeah, he he's the he's got the exact same backbone and, and bluster that that Sutter has, but just in a totally different style. I mean, yeah, totally different. No, I do agree. It would be it would be fascinating. It would be it would be fun, and you know, it would be for the Calgary media would have would have would have their love of things. So we should we should we should put up a poll act on the weekend uh, of of a range of coaches. You know, between two and four, five and six, seven yeah, and eight. Because, should, because, it, yeah, it 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 could be that many. It could be that many. I mean, it, it it will change if. Here's my prediction: it'll change if Quen if Quenville and Trotz are available. It'll change. Um, if if they're not available, it'll it might not. It might. I mean, well, you might see only two or three go. But if if they become available, that could that changes everything immediately. Um, absolutely, because I mean, you might have the, to make a hole. Yeah, and both and both Quenville and Trotz would both look awesome. Either of them in Edmonton, you know, like you could see like Barry Trotz. Yeah. Barry Trotz is the perfect coach for that team. I, I think he's better than he's better than Quenville for that team. Honestly, the way he the kind of style yeah. he coaches, um, you know, where where Quenville requires a lot more of a like a standard NHL style. Trotz yeah. likes the. If you remember, all those Nashville teams with Trotz were not that dissimilar than the way this Edmonton team built. You know, this is this is it's a very similar. Uh, this, you know, it's, it's been different for Trotz having to coach a, a superstar. And I think that part of Trotz's thing, you know, he's learned how to coach a superstar now. And, and yeah. Gwenville is the best, of course, at coaching superstars. Yeah. So that would be, there's, there's so many interesting so things. That, that's a really interesting point, Eck, because I think if you look at it, Trotz got handed a superstar sort of in his, not, not twilight, but I mean, right yeah. in his glory with Ovechkin. Yeah. But now he's, if he came into Edmonton, he'd be getting McDavid in the path that he learned with the rest of the um, Predators organization is the patience and the slow build and the, yeah. and, and, the, and being the, comp the, the steady hand yeah. behind the bench to give that kid some support and, and, and some stability around him, yep. which as he uh, yeah. now having coached what McDavid is going to turn into, I mean, if he isn't already, but a superstar and yeah. get him there. It oh, yeah. makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And, that that style would fit perfectly. And Tippett is out there, and Willie Desjardins is out there, and Sutter yeah. is out there. So you know there are there are coaches out there looking for work, and you don't know whether like some of the guys who are fired. I mean, I'm sure Al Elaine Vino, if he gets fired from the Rangers, is going to be a candidate someplace else. Now he may want to take a year off, but he may want to jump right yeah. back in someplace else. I, I yeah. think Vino is probably coming back though. I have some breaking news though. Go ahead. Uh, okay. The NHL has a new series coming out. It's going to be on youtube.com slash NHL. It's with now this sports and it's going to be, and I don't know why they're doing it now, but they're going to have a series chronicling the Florida Panthers quest for the 2018 Stanley cup playoff spot. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see I, it. What, I, what? I can't make this up. Wow. What what, great, what, say that again. What great timing to announce this after last night's call. Like, I mean, what? if you want to get the conspiracy theorists going on, on, you know, it's premiering April 5th on Thursday. So, I mean, yeah, that's no, I, I, this, <laughs> kidding. this is true. This is I'm not kidding. This, this is a legitimate real. press release. Just Who, and and who's, yeah. pro who's, pro who's producing this Vinny Viola and Bill Daly? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, no, I mean, let part of this is, is definitely tied into what's happened with um, with with the with the shooters <laughs> in Florida too. So like, there's, I mean, there, this is all tied. There's there's a whole emotional thing about Florida and and them, you know, trying to make it because of what happened there. But this is, I mean, it, emotional, it is like when you say goodbye to grandma and grandpa and you fly back to the East Coast. No, no, no it is it is interesting. No, I mean, how like you know this is being. <laughs> It is, it is bizarre that they announced it today. Um, it is bizarre. I mean, <laughs> I'm if sure they, they yesterday. If they lost yesterday, would they be announcing this? Yeah, they did it at four o'clock. That's um, incredible. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like, I, especially I, this is, you know, you know uh, and I, I, I you know, like. It's 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 followed it's followed by a half hour special called Why Brett Hall's goal should have counted. <laughs> no, they've I mean they've been filming this obviously for weeks, so it's not something I mean it's something they had in the in the works. Um so it it is just it is a strange time. So, 
I think so they would have announced earlier today had last night not happened. That's my prediction. They like would have announced so, earlier, but last night they wanted that last night to fade away a little bit. You know, you know my thing, Eck. You know my thing. Yeah. I'm standing there in the NHL offices and I'm working with them. I said, that's a bad idea, guys. That's a bad idea. Right. We kill this until after the season. Right. We got it. No, just no. Right. Change just the no. thing. This is a bad idea. I'm with yeah. you. That's what that, that, I mean. That's, it's it's on YouTube, so it's not like you know. Yeah, it's not like anybody's gonna watch. I mean, well, no, no, people will watch it, but it's the NHL net. It's not on the NHL network, so I mean that's there, there's. No, but the yeah. NHL is endorsing it. Oh yeah, no, the NHL wants more stuff on YouTube, so that I've heard about that. They're looking for. Russ, it's gonna be on. The, it's gonna be on at eight p.m. on the conspiracy channel. <laughs> Might as well be. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> only because if yesterday didn't happen. Would they have put this announcement out today? No, the answer is no. No. JF, JF, JFK, 9-11, the, 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 remember the main? They wouldn't be qualifying <laughs> anymore. They uh no this this would be like the uh you know the oh, Islanders the Islanders Stanley Cup video coming out after nineteen after you know after the Leon Sickle call day later in the uh yeah this is like going to see old Yeller and you're not sure what happens like come on I mean. <laughs> Well, it, I'm, to be fair, okay. Like, I mean, I, I I do think that there there are there are definitely questions that can be made here, and and but you know, forgetting about conspiracy, the only thing that could be made here is if they were you know if they would have lost yesterday, who would watch this series Thursday? Well, that's the question. There's still only one day away from possibly being out. I mean, there's there's still only. I mean, it could be out tomorrow this time. I mean, not tomorrow this time, but. Two days from now, so they—I mean—they could easily lose to Boston. Some right, but that's they, they will at least get in one day of programming before they're out of it. But so when, Russ, is it, when, it when does it start? When Thursday, is it? April fifth. Oh, so it starts so today. Yeah, right. It actually should starts they, today. They could be eliminated. Should they have run the quest for the 2018 playoffs for the Buffalo Sabers in mid-October? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, I just think it's weird. The whole thing is weird. The timing is weird. Yeah, it is. It is very weird. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Peter said makes most made most sense. And actually, if they would have lost last night, that would have happened. Probably, Peter, they would have announced this like in June. It'd have been like, oh, hey, we taped this. Go yeah. watch it. It was cool. Well, now we know. Now we know. Now okay, we know why it was a goal. To... Um. All right. So. <laughs> no, we don't know that. That's not true. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Although a lot of people will say it for sure. Um, all right, we got to end this show here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my computer's totally frozen as I say that. <laughs> you look good, Eck. Don't worry. Uh, so, I mean, I can't get a cursor or anything going. Sorry, one second here. Um, hold on. My, I'm just say uh, goodbye, and then it doesn't. Bye, everyone. Remember, without the buzz, it's just talking. I'm gonna hit stop broadcast and see what happens. Let's see. <laughs>